Turn back to the book of Mark tonight. We'll be in Mark chapter number 8. Mark chapter number 8. And uh, thank you for the music. Outstanding as always. Uh, Mark chapter number 8. And I'm going to read the first nine verses uh, of this chapter. And I'm going to get right into the message uh, this evening. Uh, Mark chapter number 8, beginning with uh, verse number 1. You follow along as I read the first nine verses. In those days, the multitude being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him, and saith unto them. Now, bear in mind uh, what we preached on this morning, and how uh, everywhere that Jesus went in his ministry, he drew a crowd. He's drawing a crowd once again, and we see that they, had, they didn't want to prepare. They had nothing to eat. Look at verse 2. I have compassion, this is the Lord speaking unto his disciples, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break, and gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. They had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. Here we have in this passage of scripture the account of the feeding of the 4,000, a miracle that Christ had done. <clears throat> Here is another miracle. Isn't it amazing that every time you talk about the Lord Jesus, you're always talking about another miracle. And I'm reminded of what the scripture tells us, that uh, the world cannot contain the record of all that Christ has done. We find here this example uh, of this miracle. There's many, many truths that we can pull <clears throat> from this particular miracle in this passage of Scripture, but I want to draw your attention to right in the middle of our text, verse number 4. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? I want to focus our attention on that question, and I want to speak on this subject tonight, with man, no, with God, yes. With man, no, with God, yes. There are some great truths uh, that I'm going to point out from this passage of Scripture. But I want you to uh, pay attention tonight and, and try and grasp these. I believe they'll be a help to us. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight as we uh, look in the Word of God. Uh, Father, I know that there are many who are traveling. There are many who are not feeling well today and many out because of different reasons. But, uh, Father, you've assembled all of us here today, and this is the message that you had uh, me bring this evening. Father, I pray that you'll use it. I pray that you'll use it to how you see fit. Uh, May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Here we find an account of a miracle born out of the needs of men. It's something that if you look at what Scripture tells us about the Lord Jesus and the miracles He performed, uh, He never had to show off the fact that He was God. It didn't make Him less God or more God because He performed a miracle because He was God. Whenever there was a need of men, that's what the miracles were born out of, was the needs of men. 
You think of the greatest miracle of all. You think of what took place on Calvary. You take place uh, what took place as, as Christ came forth out of the grave. That miracle that took place came out of our need, the need of a Savior. And here we have this miracle, the feeding of the 4,000 that took place because the people had a need. And while we have two extremes here, we have the greatest need man has never ever had, and that's the need of salvation. But yet now you have a physical need that Christ still paid attention to. And he performed a miracle out of the needs of men. See, when the, we find in this passage of Scripture, Christ calling his disciples together. The multitude had been there to hear him teach and preach, and no doubt he had done miracles in their midst already. He called his disciples together, and if I could paraphrase, he's like, guys, here's the situation, here's the need, what do you think we ought to do about it? And immediately when the needs of men were presented to men, we find the response in verse number four. From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Well, Lord, what do you expect us to do about it? How can men provide bread for men? And friend, if this isn't a reminder to you and I that we need to always be looking to him, I don't know what is. But we have this need that God is going to do a miracle from the need of men. We have that need <clears throat> presented to men. And the response is, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? I'm also reminded by way of introduction that these disciples, while they were great men, while God used them in great ways, they were just men. And they had faith issues just like you and I have faith issues. Well, God, what do you want us to do about it? What do you expect us to do about it? How can we meet their needs? I want us to look at that question. From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And there's two words by way of introduction I want to point out to you. The first word is a word that I've already mentioned, and that is the word man. From whence can a man satisfy these men? See, what is pointed out here is that in man's own ability, it's not going to be enough. Isn't that typically our response when we see a need in our own life, in the need of others? We, we're focused on our limitations. It comes pretty obvious very quickly that I don't have the power as a man to change the circumstances in the life of another man. Is it, doesn't it come to the surface pretty quickly? Aren't we reminded pretty quickly from whence can a man in our limitations do for another man? We find in that question that word man, and we find that word puts a focus on man's own ability. And friend, you and I don't have to be reminded tonight, but I believe it's good for us to be reminded that we are limited in our ability. There's only so much we can do. There's only so much power we have. And it is a helpless feeling for, the, for the, the power to be taken out of your hands when you see the need of somebody else. For the power to be taken out of your hands when you have a need in your own life. 
But what, the, what is being pointed out to us here is men trying to meet the needs of men. There is a limit to the ability. If we had more ability, we would change the heart of other men. If we had the ability, we, we, would, we would heal the sickness that others have. If we had the ability, if we had the means, we would change circumstances, but we're reminded of our limited ability. The second word I want to point out by way of introduction in this question is the word wilderness. From whence can a man, focused on a man's limitations, satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Did Jesus need to be reminded where they were? Had Jesus lost focus of the surroundings? Well, absolutely not. But isn't it just like men, when presented with an obstacle, presented with a need, presented with a situation, to, one, draw attention to their own limitations, and two, draw attention to the circumstances around them. We're out here in the wilderness. How are we going to get bread out here? We're away from all the means. How are we going to get bread here? And isn't it like you and I? Isn't it like mankind? After we have focused on our limitations, and we're reminded pretty quickly how limited we are. But then our focus goes to the wilderness we're in. Our focus goes to the barren desert we're in. Our focus goes to the limitations that we have. Our focus goes to the circumstances. And tonight I just have to think that in this crowd, this size crowd this evening, there's somebody dealing with a situation and there's a need of somebody you know. There's a need of mankind. There's a need of somebody in your family. There's a need of your, you may have yourself. And immediately we do what men do. We remind ourselves we don't have the power. We don't have the ability to change. We're limited in our ability. But then it goes to in the wilderness. What am I supposed to do about the circumstances around me? I didn't bring bread with me. Now, how am I supposed to find it around me? Jesus didn't need to be reminded they were in the wilderness. Isn't it the way we do? But here we are in the wilderness. This question in the midst of this story, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread? There's limited ability a man has. Here in the wilderness, there were circumstances and surroundings that made it more difficult for them to meet the need that was presented. Let me get into the outline tonight and let me point out some great truths for us with that in mind. Let me say, first of all, God is aware of your humanity and need. He was not presenting the need to them just to rub in the fact that they had a need. He was not calling them together and saying, hey, guys, here's the situation. What are we going to do? Because he was unable to meet the need in the situation. I believe he was teaching a great lesson to these men this day, and it's a lesson for you and I today, and that lesson number one is he was aware. He was aware of those that were there and the need that they had. He was aware that there was a physical need. 
notice in verse number 3. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. The potential for their demise was on the heart of God. The potential for their difficulty was on his heart. Knowing what would happen if he just sent them away and then said, well, they'll figure it out. No, 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 that was not in the heart of God. He knew that if he sent them away, he knew if he let them go, that there were going to be some, if not all, faint by the wayside. And friend, God is concerned with, with what is down the road for you. God is concerned what is ahead of you. And don't think tonight because your stomach is growling that God is not aware of your need and he's not going to send you away without meeting your needs so that you might faint by the wayside. God is aware of your humanity and needs. There's a lot in this book that God asks of us. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. There's a lot in that book you and I are supposed to live by. There's great expectations on the Emmanuel Baptist Church that God has placed on us. There's great expectations placed on the head of house of every home represented in this room. There's great expectations placed on every young man and every young lady this book places on them. There's great expectations placed on us as children of God to be the salt and to be the light and to be a willing vessel in the hand of God. And let's just be honest. Sometimes we wonder if we're going to faint. Sometimes we wonder if we have what it takes to fulfill what Christ has commanded of us. But let me remind you, God is aware of your humanity. God is aware of my humanity. God is aware of what he expects of us. And let me just remind you, no matter what you're dealing with tonight, he's aware. I don't know if you've ever felt this way. But it's a little bit feeling sorry for yourself. Nobody seems to know what I'm going through. You know, there's some things that God has designed specifically for you and nobody can know what you're going through. Nobody can understand, but God knows that if he doesn't meet your need along the way, you'll faint on the journey he sets you on. Number one, what's number one? Number one, God is aware of your humanity and needs. Number two, he has love, he had love and sympathy toward their situation. I want you to notice verse number 2. After verse 1, he calls the disciples and saith unto them, I have compassion on this multitude. That word compassion is different than the word love. That's why I mentioned statement number 2, he had love and sympathy toward their situation. Compassion is love and sympathy intertwined together toward a situation. He had empathy towards them. He didn't just love them. He cared about their need. That's why when we are commanded, when we, we, we look at different scripture throughout, throughout the Bible, he, he sat where they sat. What, is that, what does that signify? That he was aware of what they were going through. He was aware of the needs that they had. 
and he had love and sympathy towards their situation. Tonight, I declare to you what we already know. God loves you. God loves me. God loves all men. Aren't you thankful that God loves you and he puts no qualifiers on that? Aren't you thankful that you don't have to learn to earn the love of God because then it wouldn't be love. It's freely given for God so loved the world. I'm thankful God loves men. But old friend, aren't you thankful that God has sympathy for men? And that word compassion, he had love and sympathy toward their situation. The song that the choir sang tonight, Does Jesus Care? Oh, we know the answer to that. But it's good for us to be reminded that in your situation tonight, in your wilderness, with your needs, He cares for you. He loves you, but He's sympathetic towards your situation. He's not too busy as men sometimes get too busy and involved in their own situation. God is so much above that that He's aware of every heart tonight. He's aware of every need. He's aware of every worry. He's aware of every burden. He's aware of every emotion that you and I have. And can I tell you tonight, He not only loves you, He is sympathetic towards your situation. He, he's aware of what you're facing. He's aware of the fears and the doctor's visits and all the things that we have to deal with he's sympathetic he has a heart for their needs I have compassion on the multitude oh what a standard Christ has set for you and I the compassion he had but let me remind you and I he had love and sympathy toward their situation we continue on number three he was aware of the why of the circumstances. I want you to think with me as we look at this truth. We know from the question in verse number four, how can men meet the needs of men in this wilderness? But I want us to see thirdly that he was aware of the why of the circumstances. Because I put, before I point this out in Scripture, let me just emphasize that for a moment. He is aware of the why of your difficulty. He's aware of the why of your heartache. He knows the why of your sickness. He knows the why of your disappointment. Sometimes we look at life and we look at circumstances that have entered into our life that we do not understand. And if we had a sense of why, we think it might help us understand why we're in a certain situation at a certain time dealing with a certain thing. And God may choose to, to let you know the why in your lifetime, but more than likely in a lot of situations, we're going to live this life and never know the why. Pastor, why? I don't know. Why? I'm not even going to speculate. And by the way, this will help you not get frustrated with I've got to know the why. God's got to tell me. God don't have to tell you anything. Well, well, Pastor, somebody's got to tell me why. If God knows and nobody else knows, how, how can one man give bread in the wilderness? We don't have that kind of ability. Now, I remind us of this truth that you may never know the why. 
He does. And can we not get comfort in the fact that God knows why we have the need that we have? Now, it may seem kind of trite to compare the hunger of the people to what you're going through tonight. But remember what the Lord has already told us. Some are so far away from home and some are so hungry that they won't make it home. I want you to notice it's it's one word. This helped me. I hope and I believe it will help you. Verse number two. Remember when he said, I have compassion on the multitude? I want you to notice that next word, because. I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. God was aware of their need, and the reason why he was aware of their need is because they had been with him. They're hungry because they wouldn't leave me. They're faint because they wouldn't leave me. They're in the situation they're in. They dropped everything when they heard I'd be passing by. And they left their homes. They left their responsibility. They said, Jesus is coming by. We don't know if he'll ever come by again. We've got to see him. And literally, for three days, they sat at the feet of Jesus and listened intently to every word with no concern about how they were getting home. With no concern where they get their next meal from. Because whatever sacrifice, are you with me tonight? Whatever sacrifice was made, it doesn't compare to sitting at the seat of the Son of at the feet of the Son of God. It doesn't compare to hearing his voice. It doesn't compare to to, to hearing him teach. It doesn't compare to watching him do miracle after miracle. It doesn't compare to just feeling and sensing the presence. I am in the presence of the Son of God. I am in the presence of perfection. I am in the perfection. I'm in the presence of God himself. It doesn't matter what comes. He's coming by. I had to get to him, and God was keenly aware. The reason why they were in peril was because, because they had been in his presence. Friend, as you and I know, when we get saved, all of our problems don't go away. And God crafts for each and every one of us a path to take. It'd be nice to know why we bury loved ones. We may never know, but God knows. It'd be nice to know why people we love, and maybe in our own situation, why the disease. We may never get an answer, but God knows. Can I just remind all of us tonight? God knows that you've just decided to be with him. God was keenly aware of their need. He had love and sympathy toward their situation. And he was not only aware of the fact 
the fact that they needed a meal, he understood the why of the situation they're in. Because. I don't know the, your, I don't know the answer to your because, but I know God does. Number four. We find in verse number six, let me, let me give you number four, and then we'll read this, the scripture. He wanted to include men in the miracle. Think about this. He called the disciples together. Okay, men, here's the situation. They have a need. I have compassion on them. Because they've been with me three days. They left everything. No concern about their tomorrow. No concern about their future. They just said, I want to be with Jesus. I want to spend my time with him. Here's an opportunity I have. And so I have compassion. I have love and sympathy toward their situation. And if I just send them away, oh, there's so many of them that came from so far away. I'm afraid they'll faint by the wayside. They'll never make it home. So men, what are we going to do about this? And oh, the response. From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Jesus, why are you bringing this to our attention? We're men who can't feed men. We're men in our limitation. And have you noticed, Jesus, we're in the wilderness what do you expect us to do? Verse 5, he said, he asked them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven, just enough for a miracle. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. He took those seven loaves and gave thanks and break. Watch this. And gave to his disciples to set before them. Men who could not solve the problem. Our Lord had a desire to include them and make them part of the solution for the problem. What a God. As we are reminded, we can't solve the problems of men. He can. He gives us opportunities to be part of the miracle. Let me just simply illustrate this. I might not be able to change your circumstances. But can we all say amen that God can? I can't take your sickness away. As your pastor, I would. As your pastor, I'd change circumstances. But I can't. Do you know what I can do? I can pray. And when God performs a miracle, He let me have a part in that. I can be obedient. I can set an example. As a, as a, as a pastor, I can be faithful to preach the Word of God. God can use me and as a, as a Sunday school teacher, as a faithful mom and a faithful dad, you just being faithful. You, hey, you don't have the answer. You don't have it. 
And sometimes you're going to look around and say, I'm supposed to help my own children and rear them the way they ought to be reared, but I'm in the same wilderness they are. And, oh, pastor, I'm a Sunday school teacher, or, or I, I serve in this capacity, and, 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 and the, the, the situation is presented to me. What, how are you going to help this person? How are you going to help this person? But I look around. I don't have any special powers. I'm in the same wilderness. But then the God who's aware, the God who has love and sympathy toward the situation, the God who knows the why, He reveals to us through our text tonight, He did not gather them around to find a solution. He gathered them around so that they might be part of the miracle. So that they could be reminded that it's not their ability. It's not the circumstances that have got to be right. That God is God and God can meet the needs even in the wilderness. So this evening, with your burden, your pastor cannot take that away from you. But God can meet your need. Tonight, there might be somebody in here, you are dealing with a situation no man knows about. Your husband, your wife, nobody knows about it. And you wonder... Is there anybody that can help me in my circumstances? With men? No. With God? Yes. You know, this principle, I know there's some who are training for the ministry here, and I, this principle has helped me, Pastor. It was a good day in my, in my ministry when I, when, I, when I realized and was reminded... I don't have to solve your problems. I don't have to have the answer. Because men are limited. Sometimes I want to say, look around. I got problems too. They're circumstances. But you know something tonight? God knows. He's aware. Two things I want to leave us with as we summarize this and close this evening. God is keenly aware of everything going on in your life. Don't be afraid to put it all on Him. And, 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 I, and I've, got a, I've got a message I'm, I'm working on. When the Lord gives me liberty, I'm really going to preach it. But let me just interject this in here. There's too many of our young people that are looking too far down the road and trying to figure out how God's going to meet all their needs instead of just putting it all on God. Well, if I, if, I, if, I, if I go into ministry, I don't know how God's going to take care of me. Well, we get back to the day and say, I just get to serve God. I just get to be in His presence. I just get to, I just get to be, be, be a part of the miracles that he wants to do. 
Instead of trying to figure out, how is God going to take care of me when I get to retirement age? You know, God's perfectly capable. If he can take seven loaves and a few fishes and feed 4,000, he can probably keep food on your table. Just a thought. He's aware of your need today. He knows what you're going to face in the future. Man may not be able to solve the situation. God can meet your need in the situation. Then the second thing I want us to leave with tonight. You don't have to come up with the answer. But you can be involved in the miracle God wants to do. If we just hang around. See, there's too many people, too, that are giving God their opinion. How foolish it was of them. Well... Jesus, how in the world do you expect us? Men to feed men. What were they saying? Was, we're hungry too. Have you not been paying? We've been out here too, Lord. How do you expect hungry men to feed hungry men? And where are we going to get it? In the wilderness? Don't we feel that way sometimes? God doesn't need our input. But he just gathers us around to make us keenly aware of the fact he knows the situation. He knows what's going on in their lives. He realizes their need. He knows the why of the situation. Guys, I just called you together because I want to allow you to be part of the solution. I want to allow you to be part of the miracle. I'm going to take what you have. It's enough. Give me yours. How many loaves do you have? Give me your, give me your loaves. Give me your loaves. And then I'll bless it. I'll multiply it, and then I'll even let you go distribute it. So you can carry your basket, and when you feed those hungry men, you can say, this was part of my bread. He couldn't have done this without my loaf. And we can have the satisfaction of seeing the needs met, and God includes us. Hey, don't underestimate your faithfulness. Don't underestimate your prayers. Don't underestimate your widow's might that you throw in. He could bypass us all together. But he says, guys, gather around. Let me, let's, what's, here's the problem. What's the solution? Oh, here comes another giving building program. Doesn't God know? I don't even have the money to pay my bills. God doesn't need your money. But he'll let you be a part of a miracle. Sometimes we have a tendency to do this. How in the world is seven loaves going to feed 4,000 people? But could you imagine when they're passing it out? Hey, hey, is that good? Is that good? Well, if I hadn't given God my loaf. Isn't that what we do? Well, if I hadn't knocked on that door. It's true. God didn't have to have you, but God uses you. Isn't it a blessing? But we have to yield ourselves. Oh, what does God think about? Scripture tells us, what is man that thou art mindful of him? God is aware. 
He is so keenly in tune that he knew when the physical need of hunger, if I let him go, there's many who will succumb to it. So I got to feed them before I send them on the journey so they can make it home. Boy, what a wonderful God we have. Let's make ourselves available to be part of the miracle. Father, I pray.